From the studio high above the clouds of the Okanagan Valley, this is the Cannabis Podcast. Exploring the world of Canadian cannabis culture, one toke at a time. Now, here's your host and bud tender, Gary Johnston. And welcome back to Season 2 of the Cannabis Podcast. I'm so glad you came back to join me. This is Episode 34 of the Cannabis Podcast. And today, I'm going to stop again at Cultivar Corner. We went back to the BC Cannabis stores for a more reasonably priced sativa from Aurora, a $29 eighth. We're going to be sampling that a little bit later. And one of the big parts of today's episode is we're going to explore a whole bunch of Leafly. Leafly has put out a guide to cannabis etiquette through the holidays, which has a whole bunch of different sections. We're going to touch on a number of those sections today. Plus, we're going to continue to see how we can break down the stigma against cannabis. I had an instance of that at one of my local meetings. I'll talk about that as well. Plus, how to overcome the non-weed people over the holidays. And given some time, I'm also going to provide a little bit of insight into my changing role as a bud tender. I've been kind of quiet about that the last few months, I suppose. It has changed for me. Changed because the industry itself is changing, and I am now a victim of the fact that our provincial government has not released licenses. More on that later. All of that and more is coming your way on episode 34 of the Cannabis Podcast. THC, CBD, terpene profiles, what's in me? Oh, please explain to me. Go to the corner, go to the corner, oh yeah. Go to the corner, please explain this stuff to me. It has been too long since we've done a cultivar corner, but here we are, we're back, and I've got a new one for you. We went back to BC Cannabis stores, uh, because uh, I've been going to the hobo store, as you know, here in the Okanagan, it's the only store that we have currently open, and I've been getting a little tired of the uh, product that's available there. It's the same stuff. They don't have a real big strain, or a real big variety of strains. So, deciding to get ready for this cultivar corner, I went back to BC Cannabis stores, and what I've got for you today is Chocolope from Aurora. So let me give you the product details before we dive into it and uh, get high here, because that's what we're all waiting for. It's certainly what I'm waiting for. It's definitely going to be a wake-and-bake Saturday as we prepare for this podcast. So Chocolope is from Aurora. It's produced in Alberta. The common name is Chocolope. It is sativa dominant. The THC range runs from 14 to 24%. CBD, 0 to 1%, or less than 1%. Method of consumption is inhalation, and the growing method is the hybrid greenhouse. And as we move to the terpene profile, where the magic is contained for all of our cannabis, a bit of a surprise, actually, since this is a sativa dominant, I'm surprised at how much myrcene is in it. So the terpene profile for Chocolope has caryophyllene, 1 to 20%, and (laughs) I am astounded at the range. The range they indicate for the various terpenes is from non-existent to really, really big. But caryophyllene is listed from 1% to 20%. Limonene or limonene from 4 to 24%. And here's a real surprise. Myrcene is the most predominant terpene in this chocolate cultivar. And it is sitting at 22 to 42%, which I find a little bit odd. Now, the details of this particular product, the sativa is, again, chocolate, And the THC in this particular batch is at 17.8%. Now, the smell, the aroma, let's take a peek. Chocolope is a potent high THC sativa dominant strain with a sweet chocolate taste and a prominent myrcene terpene profile. It certainly does have dominance of myrcene. Now, I have posted the link to the BC Cannabis stores. 
where you can check out this bud for yourself. And as you look at that picture that's on that page, what I want you to imagine is that I'm looking at a similar bud, but it has probably half the red hairs <laughs> that the picture on the web has. So they either found a really, really, really big bud that had all kinds of red hairs, and that's what they took the picture of. Now, there are lots of red hairs in this. I'm not saying that there aren't, but not nearly as much as what I see in that picture. Now, the aroma, I have never been a big one for actually detecting the chocolate in, in Chocolope or any of the other ones that have some chocolate in it. It's never really been a big one for me. So as I smell this one, the predominance for me is definitely I can get the citrus from the limonene. So we got some of that in there. And in addition to that, we also have, of course, the caryophyllene, a little bit of a spicy aroma to it. Caryophyllene is a spicy terpene. It's common in basil, oregano, hops, rosemary, and in spices such as cloves, black pepper, cinnamon. Commonly presents a note of spice and pepper. Yeah, a bit of spice there. And it's considered to be a balancing terpene for some people. As we look at limonene, it's thought of as being an uplifting terpene, so there's the sativa aspects of this. For some people, it's found in citrus rinds, juniper, peppermint, and rosemary. Its aromas boast notes of lemon and orange. Yeah, there's a there's a bit of citrus there with the chocolo. And limonene is the, is the second most common terpene in nature. And now we move to myrcene. Myrcene is considered to be a mellowing, earthy terpene for some people. It's found in high quantities in mangoes and wild thyme, as we've talked about before, as well as hops, lemongrass, bay leaves, and citrus fruits. Now, myrcene has an earthy and musky scent. It's also the most common terpene in cannabis and is often found in larger quantities in indica-dominant strains. And that's what I find odd about the dominance of myrcene in this sativa-dominant strain. So, chocolope is the strain. I've got both a joint lined up and I've got the vaporizer because I thought this time I'd kind of do both to see if there's a different effect on the inhalation. So, the joint's all ready. Let's do the joint. And on that first inhale, again, I'm not picking up any of the chocolate aspects. Some people taste that chocolate aspect in many of these cultivars that have chocolate in it, but not me. <laughs> Sorry, Aurora, I'm not getting much of the chocolate. Mmm. I do like the taste, though. Definitely can smell some of the myrcene as it burns, getting a bit more of that earthy, almost a skunky flavor that's coming out of it. And you may also find uh, throughout today's podcast that there may be some extra background noise. Uh, that's because I'm doing this on a Saturday morning. I'm actually recording this day that the podcast is going to be distributed uh, for something different. But what that also means is that uh, where my studio is, is downstairs right near the furnace. <laughs> and because I'm not paying attention to whether the furnace is on or not, there may be some background noise that pops in occasionally, so I appreciate your endurance of listening to some of that background noise. Oh, okay, now I am starting to get that buzz. Oh, and now my vaporizer is ready. Let's try a hit off the vaporizer to mix up these two. First of all, off the joint, uh, the ash is coming out nice and white, so I'm not getting any dark black ash coming off of that. It's very nice tasty. It is not giving me any runs. It's burning very smoothly. Now I want to move to the vaporizer and see about the taste. Mmm. That's the thing that I guess just continues to amaze me when I use the vaporizer compared to a joint. 
The joint you get the buzz. Yes, my happy eyes are here. It is a sativa. I'm very, uh, it is energy driven. I'm feeling like I've got the energy to carry on with doing the podcast and maybe finish it today. So that's good. But I am astounded at how much more of the flavor profile that comes through when you vaporize. And again, let's be clear. This is a herbal vaporizer, just a ceramic heater, which the heat is going over top of the herb. None of this crap that we're seeing out there with all the vaping stuff that's going on now, where we may in fact find it banned in many places. But here we are, Chocolope by Herrera. <laughs> it's starting to affect my ability to speak. And I've got, I'm, I'm double banging right now. I've got my joint in my left hand. I got the vaporizer in my right hand. Let's see what happens if I put the two of them together. Oh, double bang. The other nice thing about this particular strain that I wanted to make sure that I talked about was the price. We've had lots of talk about the retail world in our country since legalization happened almost a year ago, over a year ago. And the pricing is still an issue. That's why the black market is still so strong, in many people's opinion. Starting to see some action on that. Now, this chocolate, not, not black market priced, but certainly lower than a lot of the other ones that are out there. This was $29.99 for an eighth, uh, 3.5 grams, and it was full-on weight. I always check all of my weights as soon as I buy them. And this was bang on at 3.5, so the right amount of product... It smelled good. I also have to say that the product is getting fresher. This one was packaged on... Where's the packaged on date? How come when I want to find it, I can never find it? This was packaged in September of this year, so just a couple of months ago, which is much better than a year ago. So it definitely was not as brown, not as dark. It was a fresher-looking bud, so things are getting better. And I have to say, again, in terms of the high... Since I was hoping for a little wake and bake on this Saturday morning, I'm pretty happy with that wake and bake. So I would suggest if you want to try a sativa dominant hybrid and you have access to the BC cannabis stores, it's probably worth taking a peek, maybe getting some for Christmas. And speaking of Christmas, we got a whole lot of other things we're going to be talking about this episode. So Chocolope from Aurora, a sativa dominant sitting at 17.8% THC. And I have to say, it's given me a pretty darn good buzz. So let's start with Leafly. Leafly's Canada Holiday Cannabis Guide. And they got a whole bunch of different sections in here, and I'm going to touch on a number of them because I think this is very cool as we head into the holidays with the first complete year of legalized cannabis. So if you want to learn everything you can about buying, consuming, and gifting cannabis this holiday season in Canada, well, Leafly is the right place for you, leafly.ca. I, of course, have included the links to this back at CannabisPodcast.com. So if you want to check these out for yourself, there's a ton of detail here. I'm sure you could probably spend a whole afternoon looking through most of this information. Let's start with, first of all, the cannabis etiquette for the holidays. That's the first piece of this that we're going to take a peek at. Now, legalization is still pretty fresh in Canada, and it can be hard to know what's acceptable now. Is it okay to bring cannabis to a party? What about to a family gathering? How about the office shindig? The answers to these questions and more are found in this Leafly Guide article. And now let's talk the first one, holiday weed etiquette. And in holiday weed etiquette, attitudes around cannabis are changing so rapidly, sometimes it can be hard to know where people are at. Extra stressful during the holidays, of course, when you're reconnecting with people you both A, love, and B, only want to see once a year. <laughs> How appropriate is that? 
So they're offering some expert advice on five pressing questions to take you all the way from tea-topping to tree-tossing. A tree-topping, that should be, not tea-topping. When is it appropriate to bring cannabis to an event? Some people's Christmases are greener than others. After all, legalizing cannabis hasn't completely swept away long-held stigmas. Boy, is that ever true. And a gift to bud can be considered naughty or nice, depending upon the recipient. In fact, I, I talked about this with my wife. She works at a local place, and they were considering doing a, well, they have. For years, they've been doing a wine draw as part of their Christmas fundraising. I suggested, well, why don't you do a cannabis draw? And it was brought up, but it was considered to be too early for that. We're not quite ready for that yet. <laughs> so when in doubt, you should ask yourself, what would your host do? Now, if you know they enjoy cannabis, bring some along, says Karen Cleveland, a writer and etiquette expert. That said, just like a bottle of wine, assume that you'll leave it with your host and they'll decide when to serve it. Now, if you're not sure where they stand, discreetly bring along a small amount that you can present at a moment's notice should you receive the signal that you are in Happy Herb Home. And that is such a good feeling when you find yourself in a Happy Herb Home. Who should you invite to share if you bring it along? Well, back in ye old days of Prohibition, September 2018, <laughs> factors such as scarcity and stigma could make you choose to get high with a careful consideration. Now, this holiday season, you can feel free to be more open with your fellow adult guests at social gatherings. I guess the question is, who wouldn't you invite, says Cleveland? Politely offer it to anyone. One reasonable exception, those you know don't consume. Instead, make an effort to connect with them in other ways. What are some of the considerations you could put out there when it comes to the smell of cannabis? And I know that bugs a lot of people. I have a couple of friends who were, one in fact was raised with a RCMP father and finds the smell of cannabis just uh, abhorrent, I think is the word that she uses. While a bud may have a pleasing signature scent, it is no sprig of holly. And that OG Kush might not smell so great coming off the person carrying it. For discreetly party-hopping from the office to a family dinner to a busting holiday house party, a scent-proof container is a real handy accessory. Smelly-proof plastic bags, we've all seen those. They're like a vault for scents. They come in packs of 5 to 25, make them great for giveaways. Tokyo Smoke sells the reusable Absent Pocket Protector, a smell-proof cannabis storage bag, or for an accessory as Canadian as, well, legal cannabis, the Friendly Stranger Canapuck Stash. It's an airtight puck that both clamps down on the smell of your weed and gently guides conversations towards hockey. <laughs> when is cannabis a great gift? Well, that depends who you're asking the question to, because if you're asking the question to me, cannabis is always a good gift. <laughs> From the article's perspective, though, make a list and check it twice. Cannabis is one of those perennial winners of a gift like chocolate, wine, or flowers, so long as you know the recipient is a fan. And that is so true. If you're giving to anybody who is a cannabis consumer, they will always appreciate getting some cannabis as a gift, especially instead of that bottle of wine that they don't drink. Is it okay to share your homegrown buds with holiday circuit acquaintances? Well, those four little homegrowns have sprouted healthy buds that are ready to be harvested. We have some of those as well. Now, sure, they're not as mesmerizing to consume as, say, the government's, but for whatever they lack in potency, they make up for in love. So is it okay to crack them out during the holiday pop-ins? The answer, of course, be proud of your very own domestic blend. If you're excited to serve them, your social circle will be excited to try them too. So if nothing else, their minds will be blown by your green thumb and how good your cannabis is. So let's explore one of the other aspects of this Leafly article. There's just a ton of information here. 
This is the do's and don'ts of consuming cannabis at your office holiday party. Now, we had a, a bit of this just this last week. The local Toastmasters club that I belong to is planning their Christmas party. And in preparation for that, everybody was talking about what they were going to do. And, of course, it was a, you know, bring, bring, BYOB, bring your own booze. And I immediately stuck my hand up and said, BYOC, bring your own cannabis. And that was met with just a, an amazing amount of silence. <laughs> I said, uh, excuse me, do you realize that we're demonstrating the same stigma that has been in existence for years? I said, so when we go to this party, are the people who bring that booze, are they going to need to go outside to drink their beer? Likely people with cannabis are going to need to go outside to consume their cannabis? Well, I will keep pushing those boundaries as, <laughs> as this carries along. Well, celebrations often include a few libations. In newly legalized Canada, workers are surely pondering the proper etiquette for consuming cannabis at corporate events. From Leafly's perspective, here are a few things to keep in mind if you do choose to enjoy cannabis during the office party. Do consider the corporate culture. While in the past, certain work friends might have stepped outside to share some green on the sly, I never did that. <laughs> yeah, and if you believe that one, I've got some swamp land you might be interested in, too. But does that mean it's cool to light up a joint in front of your boss? Well, that depends on your boss. I've had many bosses come up to me over the years and ask me for some cannabis. <laughs> the answer depends on the office culture at your place of employment. I can think of a few places I worked where they would still be dead set against it. For those that work in cannabis or creative industries, getting high with your co-workers might be par for the course. But that stuffy law office party your girlfriend asked you to attend? Maybe don't bring those pot brownies for everyone to enjoy. For those unsure of attitudes in the office, reference company policies on cannabis use and treat cannabis the same way you would alcohol. Remember, the corporate functions serve as networking opportunities and a chance to leave a positive impression on your superiors. Not to mention that in the age of social media, what happens at the office party doesn't always stay at the office party. Thinking selfies, perhaps? Do stick to what you know. Tonight is not the night to try a high THC strain for the first time if you're used to high CBD strains. You never know how your body will react. And a party where the guest list includes the person who signs your checks is probably not the place to potentially put yourself in a vulnerable position. Do be cautious when mixing alcohol with cannabis, and we can't stress this enough. The two do not often go well together. While an open bar can be hard to turn down, the effects of cannabis increase when mixed with alcohol. Studies show that once alcohol is in your system, it can boost the effects of cannabis by opening up your blood vessels and allowing more THC to be absorbed. Even the most experienced cannabis consumers can quickly go from being just high enough to embarrassingly high when mixing cannabis and alcohol. Do be discreet. If your employer is supplying the spliffs as part of the festivities, Feel free to enjoy openly while knowing your limit. If you're not sure where your boss lands on the issue, well, consider a low-dose edible or vape situation rather than smoking, and then carrying around a roach that will leave that particular lingering smell. And don't forget eye drops. I, as soon as I saw that, I've never done that. I've, I've never, ever carried eye drops and worried about the red eye syndrome. I guess because I just haven't been worried about the stigma. If you'd rather not be completely obvious that you're enjoying the benefits of cannabis, make sure to have some eye drops specially formulated to reduce eye redness handy. You can also avoid this telltale giveaway by opting for strains with low or no THC and staying hydrated. Increasing your fluid intake may help alleviate the dryness you experience. 
Now, there's lots more in that article. There's so much stuff in this Leafly article. I'm just having a blast with this. Let's move now to five tips for introducing cannabis to your family celebrations this holiday season. Merry Cannabismus. Happy Kronika. And a very special Bongza to you and yours. Now that cannabis is legal, and if you don't mind, I'm just going to hit the vaporizer for a little hit. And why would you mind? Now that cannabis is legal, the green Christmas jokes practically write themselves. But culture change is serious business, and winning your weed a permanent place next to the wine will take more than marching into the family holiday party with spliffs ablazing. And boy, have we seen examples of that. Here are some suggestions to follow that maybe this year will make that green Christmas transition from joke to joyful tradition. Feel out first. You know your family culture best. Perhaps your relatives already passed the duchy to the left, or perhaps they used to. In this case, sharing your stash is a matter of logistics. Checking in with your host to ensure they're on board, choosing a delivery method, strain, and dose that works for the crowd, and ensuring kids don't get their hands on it. Of course, that's always important. But if yours is a brood of buzzkills, consider this holiday season your opening move in a long game, one that starts with a conversation. Medical cannabis and CBD, a.k.a. the gateway cannabinoid, are great topics for gently steering the family conversation towards acceptance. Go low and slow. What's fun for seasoned stoners can be terrifying for nug newbies, so be careful when you're choosing which products to share. There's nothing like a bad first experience to turn a person off of cannabis forever, so start low and go slow when recommending products for other people. High CBD? And balanced THC CBD strains are less likely to induce anxiety or paranoia than their high THC equivalents. In fact, I picked one up that I'm going to be saving for Christmas, which is almost equal parts of CBD and THC. The CBD is 8.71% and the THC is 8.9%. That's going to be a strain that we're going to have around Christmas at our place this year. If you plan on bringing edibles to the party, Two milligrams of THC is a great starting point for each individually dosed serving. Some would argue that point, but of course, Health Canada has set that limit at one milligram per THC edible. For the sensitive among us, that's enough to create a mild perceptual shift while still enjoying functional social skills. Guests with high tolerances or higher aspirations can always just eat more and know where to start. Unless the party is at your place, your host is the first person you need to chat with about your plans to bring the green. Beyond that, take a good look at your family dynamics and think about who your family influencers are. If you can win their approval, you'll have an easier time getting everyone else's. And show some respect. Until bringing cannabis to a party is as culturally accepted as bringing wine, which is not yet, trust me, <laughs> we should tread lightly. Although you may love the idea of getting your entire family high, that shouldn't be the goal. Ultimately, it's about acceptance, creating an environment for you and pot-loving brethren to consume without judgment. The best way to cultivate that is by giving the respect that you wish to receive. And now, kind of along that similar event, another piece of the Leafly article is, this holiday, win the cannabis fight with your anti-weed relatives. Now that you no longer have to take the dog for a walk to enjoy cannabis at holiday gatherings, and boy, did we do a lot of that, going out for a walk, it should be just as easy to pack a bowl in the living room as it is for Auntie to uncork her second bottle of wine. But for many cannabis users, 
openly enjoying weed is still hard to do around family despite being completely legal. This partially has to do with centuries-old moral codes that distrust artificial forms of pleasure. According to Andy Hathaway, associate professor at the University of Guelph, he says these biblical-era codes aren't easily undone, even though the stigma around the legal status of cannabis can be alleviated. And what about your rose-swilling auntie? Folks who over-imbibe in alcohol get along with it because alcohol has been ingrained in our culture and accepted for so long, explains Hathaway. Cannabis culture hasn't been elevated to the extent that alcohol has within the mainstream consciousness. He notes that cannabis consumers are typically quiet about consumption anyway, especially around disapproving non-consumers. But perhaps young people will be braver in asserting that, well, it's legal now. So what's the big deal? Whether you're quietly mellow at dinner time or feel the need to defend your lifestyle, here's a list of things that were once legal and terrible in Canada that are now, frankly, pretty laughable. Optional seatbelts in cars. Parents today wouldn't dream of loading kids in their car than would then driving away without seatbelts. But that's just how most families drove around until 1976, when the mandatory seatbelt law was introduced in Ontario. You couldn't vote in PEI until you helped build a road. Known as the Statue Labor Franchise from 1836 till 1901, this law is almost quaint when you think of folks coming together to strengthen the community, except that the right to vote was held hostage in the process. For white men only, but that's a whole other story. Given that the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms guarantees every Canadian citizen the right to vote, forcing voters to work is downright unethical. No ugly clotheslines. Considered a blight among the lush suburban lawns of Canada's burgeoning middle class, clotheslines were once banned by many municipalities across Canada in favor of electric dryers. Today, clothesline bans themselves are illegal in Ontario and Nova Scotia, although homeowner associations and condo corporations can still restrict their use. No shopping on a Sunday. Remember that? That used to happen all over our country. Before 1985, if you needed something from the store on a Sunday, forget about it. The Lord's Day Act restricted retail sales on what was considered the Lord's Day. By many, meaning all your running around had to be done on last-chance Saturdays, along with hordes of others. Now, that law was repealed by the Supreme Court of Canada in the 1980s, where it was decided the act ran contrary to the freedom of religion guaranteed in the Charter of Rights. So, those are all some wacky laws that have all changed over the years. I can only hope that we're going to reach the point, from the cannabis perspective, that one day we'll look back and think, why were we treating cannabis any different than the wine and beer and the alcohol and all of those? One more piece. Let's look at another piece from this Leafly article, How to Host a Cannabis Party That Even Non-Consumers Will Love. This is kind of of interest to me because I may very well be the host of one of these. Cannabis legalization is still pretty fresh, but for many Canadians, encountering weed at a party is a new experience. It makes a lot of sense to get to talk about something that is such an inherently social activity with an eye for etiquette, says etiquette expert and cannabis enthusiast Lizzie Post in an interview with Leafly. Here are some more tips to consider when planning your next cannabis-focused or cannabis-friendly party. Cannabis parties can absolutely be classy affairs, says Julia Savazzi, co-founder of social club Elevated Culture Toronto. Ethic consideration should include all of the senses, Sight, sound, touch, and smell, she says. So put extra thought into lighting, music, and food. If Mary Jane is the guest of honor, in other words, if cannabis is the focus of your party, consider providing rolling stations, grinders, ashtrays, papers, 
and extra glassware for your guests. You should do your best to provide an accessible and comfortable place to socialize, offering clear instructions on where it's okay for guests to smoke and vape, ideally somewhere comfier than a dimly lit driveway or out in the backyard. Remember, not all cannabis consumers are comfortable in a cloud of smoke, and not all of your guests will be consumers. According to Savazzi, offering clarity on if and where they can smoke is Cannabis Etiquette 101. And prepare to share. Puff, puff, pass is a classic stoner mantra designed to keep people from bogarting or monopolizing a joint. In a separate interview with Forbes, Post adds that anyone who packs a pipe or bong bowl should pass it to the right unlit. If it's a joint being shared, then she who rolled the joint gets to light it before passing it to the left. The etiquette never really considered that one. Speaking of joints, Post suggests you consider your guest's health and safety by setting out a small bowl of water at your rolling station so guests can activate the glue on rolling papers without saliva. Please also avoid leaving unnecessary spit on a joint, vape, bong, or pipe before passing it along. And offer something for everyone. Variety is the spice of a good cannabis party, says Savatsi. And there are many ways to serve cannabis, from joints and bongs to edibles and cannabis cocktails, to thoughtful touches like setting out clearly labeled CBD soaps and infused hand solutions in the bathroom. If you're serving edibles or cannabis-infused foods, be sure to label their ingredients, and most importantly, their dosage and potency information. Savatsi notes that you should also offer non-infused snacks and water. Just be clear on which foods contain cannabis and which don't. And as the host of a cannabis party, it's important to provide a safe, accessible, and inclusive space for both consumers and non-consumers. Beyond setting the scene for a good party, the suggestion is to also employ harm reduction techniques, such as labeling all cannabis products with dose and potency, and offering safe transportation options. As with all etiquette, cannabis etiquette is about being considerate, communicative, and transparent. Putting your guest's health and comfort first not only sets the stage for good times, it also helps consuming and non-consuming guests alike put stigma behind them. And the other part of that story that we haven't touched on, I'll probably leave for another time, is cannabis gifts. Something I am encouraging all of my uh, family and anybody who knows me with a birthday coming up uh, before Christmas and then, of course, Christmas. Cannabis gifts are always <laughs> encouraged by myself. So I encourage you to take a look at this Leafly article. There's, there's even more information than I've covered so far. It is just rife with information about how to deal with cannabis over the holiday season. And we thank all the folks at Leafly for the fantastic job they are doing in helping us to all be better informed about cannabis. From a studio high above the clouds of the Okanagan Valley, this is the Cannabis Podcast. Now, the other thing that I wanted to touch on today is a bit of a dicey issue. I kind of have to approach it with some kid gloves. It is no secret to anybody who has been listening to this podcast because I made a big deal out of it when I first got my job as a butt tender. And then, over the last month and a half or so, I won't go into all the details because they are absolutely bizarre. Suffice to say that some events occurred, change of ownership, shall we say, occurred, and the original group that I was hired by and worked with, through a series of events, ended up taking over the store, and it now is under different ownership on the same land, with the same people who are originally there, but now it's under a different company. And that just got to be really weird for me. So I kind of backed away from that. And now, here I am personally being affected 
by the lagging in our provincial governments in putting out licenses. I have been in discussion with a local store that is waiting for their license for a number of months now. I'm really excited about the prospect of it. I'm really, really excited about the prospect of it. And as soon as I get the opportunity to, I will say where that is, but I really don't want to until the license has been allocated. And once that has occurred, I'm still hoping it's going to happen before Christmas, but I'm becoming a little sketchy about that now. But anyways, once that happens, I will be very, very bold in letting you know where that is. And hopefully the people who came by to see me at the old place will come by to the new place, can build up some good relationships and a new place for cannabis to be obtained will be coming in the future. So that's still a little bizarre. One day, if I get the opportunity, I'll dive into all those details. It is one of the most bizarre stories I have ever heard. <laughs> I've worked for a lot of different organizations in my life. I've gone through many takeovers, many purchases of those businesses. I have never experienced one like happened in the last <laughs> couple of months. As of this moment, I am an unemployed bud tender, waiting and eagerly anticipating getting back into the business at a brand new store once they get their provincial license. But that will be happening soon, I, I truly, truly do believe. Exploring the world of Canadian cannabis culture, one toke at a time. This is the Cannabis Podcast. So from learning how to be good with your cannabis at a Christmas party, and how to follow the etiquette steps when you're trying to introduce something, somebody new to it, to the results from Cultivar Corner today, that just about wraps up what we've got for you today. I hope you enjoyed it. Next week, we will hopefully find another cultivar as we get back to trying to go those on a more regular basis, still trying to find it. Maybe it'll be that CBD THC one that I mentioned before. Maybe I'll bring that out for a, a taste in the next cultivar corner to see what the difference there is. Always interested in what you have to say. If you have any comments, info at cannabispodcast.com is the email address. If you want to get to the links for anything that I talked about today, you'll always find those at cannabispodcast.com. Thanks for coming along. That is episode 34 of the Cannabis Podcast. From the cannabis-infused studio, high above the Okanagan Valley, this was the Cannabis Podcast. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hey everyone, it's Ryan from the Cannabis Connoisseur Podcast. If you're looking for ways to utilize cannabis to keep you healthy, strong, and sharp, come join us every Wednesday where we dive into the best ways to use cannabis to optimize your life. Topics include cannabis and athletics, cannabis for productivity, cannabis for anxiety, cannabis for a healthy immune system, and so much more. If you're a curious connoisseur, this show is for you. So please head over to our page and we're looking forward to seeing you this week. Bye.